0: Welcome back to Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. I'm Ryan Janke alongside Corey Linton, and we want to talk some more racing this week. Corey, what do we got going on this week?
1: Well, we uh, with what happened uh, going on this last weekend, Saturday, May 21st was the only local race that I got to make it to. That was at the Viking Speedway in Alexandria, Minnesota. The night started off with Travis Sauer, who came out on top in the Midwest Modified feature. Then it was the uh, Ripper, Ryan Satter, won the Street Stock feature while sporting his father, Mike's the number 01. He'll be switching back to the number 67. He wanted to just do pay tribute to his dad for a couple of weeks. And get a win in that old one car for for his old man. Very cool. And uh, yeah, Mike was uh, one of my favorite racers back when I was a kid. He used to race out at Weetown Town in up uh, by Fergus Falls, and he he was he was really good and and real nice too as well. And I've I'm friends with the Satter family and found out that just a few years ago that they're not far away from our lake cabin. So I get when I get the chance, I swing on over there. Nice. Uh, Peyton Ash he made the move of the night when he and David Wall split the two other leaders in the back straightaway. So they went four wide down the back stretch, and the second row went in between the two cars from the first row, just split them down the back straightaway.
0: It was uh, it was a pucker factor move on that one. <laughs> it was that was a clencher. How, how um, wide? How wide is that? I've never been there, so I mean, four. They went four
1: wide, four wide coming out of the uh, out of turn two. It's a half mile racetrack, and the back straightaway is actually very wide, so okay. it's not uncommon to see moves like that. See them go three wide coming out of there. They don't really funnel down in the corners like they do at some of the other tracks around the area. Okay, so that move was was awesome. That was in the uh, in the short trackers. He got and Peyton Nash ended up. Uh, uh, getting the win in that class as well Matt Miller and his Mopar powered machine he climbed up from eighth take to take the super stock victory that was a main uh, thing out there too there was a lot of passing like the, a lot of the winners they came from deep in the field I think Travis Sauer started sixth Matt Miller started eighth Ryan Satter he was I think right around the fifth or sixth area too as well so there was passing everywhere uh And then we get to the Modifieds, where uh, Todd Berg ended up flipping over one complete time for a four-point entry into the Unintentional Rollover Contest. He's the sixth member to join that contest
0: this year. Do you have the leaderboard posted somewhere?
1: Um, It's in a notebook in my house. house. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I still do take notes the old-fashioned way, and I've almost filled up one of those full – one of those – those composition notebooks, uh, for, for the last, <laughs> let's see, I think I started in 2013 is when I started put, taking putting stats together.
0: So that, uh, nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Nine years. <laughs> it, it, you're going to have to have a hall of fame pretty soon.
1: I, you know, I, I, I turned it into the checkers and Wreckers championship of the world, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of all the races that I go to, those are the only things I take stats on. Okay. So I like I'll have the night. I'll have a graphic for you know which one of my kids we were with or something like that. There's a C1 or C1 through three C4 uh-huh. that I have out there since I have four kids that all start with C, and um and also if my girlfriend shows up too, I got a J in there too as well. So that I put on the the header mm-hmm. and it has the number of races I've been at what number we're on what track what date yep then uh it has the number of cars that raced that night how long it took the event to happen whether or not i got paid for it it has a different kind of mark behind there um sure. how many times i've been at a specific track too um i keep track of a lot of that stuff wow. that's just the header <laughs> <laughs> um and then i do um uh, like i'll have like the class listing in on top of the the name of the class i'll have how many cars were in the were in that class for the night. And then I'll have the winner, and then I'll have the number or what position they started. And I've been kind of keeping track of that for the last several years as well. It's just kind of a fun thing, you know. And someone, if someone comes up to me and say the race has sucked, well, then I have a stat that proves them completely wrong, which I'm fine with. And that's uh-huh. u- usually my motivation for any stat is just to prove somebody wrong. <laughs> it's not not to show how smart I am. It's not because I mean I don't have to worry about proving that point. Everybody knows how smart I am. <laughs> So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I love it. so, yeah. so they getting back to that one. Todd Berg was involved in an accident. They had eight cars involved in that one too on the first lap, right down the front straightaway, and ended in turn one at the the high flying half mile. Uh, he flipped over one complete time onto his and he he hung there for a little while on his on one of his doors. It just kind of stayed up on the door and then slowly tipped back over to the wheels. So he got that final point for oh, four nice. points the Unintentional Rollover Contest. And then uh, young Joey Thomas took home his second modified win of the year in the uh, finale of the night. So Joey had another great run. And they've been saying for years, him and his dad have been saying for quite a while that place has owed him a lot. He's (laughs) led – and then run out of gas while leading at the end of the race. Oh, really? You just, know, just tough just luck hit, there? Yeah, hard luck, and he won the first night out. So he's two for two on track openers this year. Uh, if you remember correctly, he also won at the I-94 Speedway the opening night. Uh, so he's he's two for two so far on track openers. So, if, I mean, he, he, could, uh, he could possibly, you know, just show up at track openers and clean house for the year.
0: <laughs> so this was uh, uh, Saturday, May 21st at Viking Speedway. Correct, you th- are. Th- that was their opener? Yes, it was okay. Cool. And then, uh, so uh, then,
1: uh, the NASCAR Million Dollar All Star Race that was on Sunday, May twenty second. That was at the Texas Motor Speedway. Kyle Busch he looked uh, unstoppable as he dominated in the early portions of the NASCAR All Star Race at Fort Worth. And he, uh, but by the second stage, he had a tire go down mm-hmm. coming out of corner number four. And he slowed right in front of the field and collected your guy there, the Watermelon Man, Ross uh, Chastain. No, who uh, he got about three feet of air that time? Uh, <laughs> could be more than that. I shut it off. I turned it off, <laughs> and uh, and he landed. And man, he got. He, I could not believe that car didn't turn over as hard as he hit, and as far as that thing was starting to rotate
0: in the air. Yeah, but it landed. He landed it perfect. He, he did. You know, um, it was it was neat to watch the um, the in car cam. You know, you, uh, if you didn't see the the race or what we're talking about. Um, they showed the the footage from inside the car as as he um, hit Kyle Bush's car and and like Corey said he went on his side and then he dropped back down on the wheels. But when they showed the inside, you could see him pull his his hands and his in his you know his arms back. Like nope, not getting anywhere close to the <laughs> steering wheel right now.
1: That's a yeah. I mean that's a smart move to keep your hands out of the steering wheel. That way when he, the wheels hit, they don't. Break your wrists,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. You know, one thing they sh- so they showed the in-car cam where where they showed what we're talking about, and they showed the view out the back. But I know from from watching the race that they had a camera on the front of that car, but they never showed that replay.
1: I'm kind of wondering if because uh, you only have so much uh, space that you can save your stuff on when you're running one of these one of the, the camera feeds and stuff. So I'm guessing it's probably just a few of them that had the record button going on at, oh, the, at that maybe, time so cuz uh, a lot of it i mean it's all digital signal now so yeah. and I'm, they're not recording in the camera obviously mm-hmm. cuz you know it'll in a situation like that it could get destroyed
0: right and that front one probably did and that that could be it too yeah. i mean maybe it did it got wiped out right away there was nothing to see yeah that yeah, that could be right all right sorry that was just my <laughs> I, I was a little salty about my about my guy getting getting dusted there in stage two and that didn't even end that wreck because chase
1: elliott got tagged shortly after chastain landed that one mm-hmm. which was that was one of those uh you know he was going for it he was trying to get ahead of it instead of maybe get collected yeah well, he got tagged and he hit hard and thankfully all the drivers were okay after that incident because that was pretty that, that was there was some pretty hard hits i haven't seen intense. someone hit the wall over there that hard since michael mcdowell hit it that one time yeah when he rolled really heavily out there too but uh, after that, it was Ryan Blaney's turn at the front of the pack next. Uh, blaney was uh, the only top 10 driver in NASCAR points without a win this season, and he had the strongest car for the rest of the night and seemed due for that million-dollar payday. But this is where it gets weird, and this is where I'm about to get mad <laughs> as a Blaney fan my whole life. <laughs> ever since I watched his dad race out of the, the Red River Valley Speedway back in the mid-'90s, I've been a blaney since day one. But with uh, just a few feet left in the race, NASCAR threw the yellow flag for Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who tagged the wall at the back of the pack. In it, it didn't matter; it, it absolutely didn't matter at all. They, they, but they threw the yellow flag for that one, and mm-hmm. even NASCAR has come out. And I'll stop being so angry. They they came <laughs> out and said, okay, maybe we jumped a gun on that one. Sure. But everybody was clear. Ricky Stenhouse was still rolling, so it's not like there was anything to worry about on the cool-down lap, especially since it was out of turn two, roughly about a quarter of a mile away from everything. Mm-hmm. In. <laughs> but uh, Blaney was already celebrating the win, and he even took his window net down on the cool-down lap, thinking that he had won because, I mean, he was coming out of the dog leg. Uh, the first dog leg in the front stretch, and he saw the checkered flag. That's when the the lights came on. It was right as that happened. And by the time the flag man pulled the checkered flag, he was already past the point of being able to see it anyways. Sure. Uh, so he didn't notice, and he tried to take his window net down, and the rules for the all-star race mean the race must end under green flag conditions. So Blaney had to scramble to get his window net back up. So mm-hmm. before the race could resume, he was able to do so and he held off Denny Hamlin for the million dollar win. So I'm not I, totally mad, but I'm still kind of mad.
0: Well, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm a little grumpy because the watermelon man got taken out <laughs> and you're mad because of the caution deal, I'm, but at least your guy won. Yeah, yeah. I'll,
1: I'll, <laughs> I I take a little bit of a little
0: a little bit of calmness out of this because of that fact that he had yeah, at least he won. Yeah. So we had that going for us. Yeah. So next up is the longest race on the circuit.
1: That's right. That'll be Sunday, May 29th, the Coca-Cola 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway.
0: Nice. Okay. So we move on, uh, uh, kind of backing up a little bit, right? The World of Outlaws race this weekend. Yeah, we're going to kind of go in groups. Otherwise, sure.
1: I'm just going to be bouncing around even weirder yeah. than
0: this. So we're going to go to the World of Outlaws at race Friday, May
1: 20th at Attica Raceway Park in, in Ohio. Kyle Larson took the lead and walked away from the field for the first 11 laps of the main event Till David Gravel slowed after blowing a right rear tire with 28 to go. Uh, Donnie Schatz, he started in 13th and by a lap away from halfway, I believe was up to 7th. Uh, Larson had another huge lead after the race, race resumed, but under caution for a second time when the rookie of the year contender Spencer based and slow to the flat right rear tire, uh, a lap past halfway. Actually, that's the where that was. Uh, Larson then again, built up a two second advantage on the field till a NASCAR caution came out. We couldn't figure out what happened. Um, with 15 to go, <laughs> And then, uh, then again, uh, Larson took uh, took off and had a lead of over two seconds till Ian Madsen brought out the yellow after spinning in turn four with twelve laps remaining. David Gravel, his tough night continued when, with nine laps to go, he ended up facing the wrong direction on the front stretch. Larson again walked away, and he should have walked away with the rest of the main event cruising to the win. Carson Macedo finished in second. James McFadden finished in third, Sheldon Hoddenshield in fourth, Brad Sweet in fifth Donnie shots. He started 13th and again at one point was in the top four, but he ended up in the seventh position, fading just a little bit at the end. So he's had a bunch of, he's had some good finishes lately, and uh, it, it's looking good here coming into the first home swing of the year. Yeah. Because Brad Sweet, he he continues to lead the points with Carson Macedo regaining second position for, with uh, 38 points behind. David Gravel, 46 points back. Sheldon Hoddenshield is 56 points back. Logan Schuhart, 90 point 92 points behind. That'll round out the top five. Shot's currently now in sixth, 130 points out of first place. But again, there's going to be some big racing coming up for them. They'll be at Atomic Speedway in Waverly, Ohio, on Saturday, May 28th. Then they take uh two days they take a day off, and Monday, May 30th, that'll be the Memorial Day Spectacular at Lawrenceburg Speedway in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. And they're about to make their first Leg of the Northern Swing at the Red River Cities Speedway, excuse me, River City Speedway in Grand Forks on Friday, June third, and then they go down. I believe they take a day off, and then they head on down to the Huskies Speedway down in Brandon, South Dakota. After that, cool.
0: All right, Uh, locals on a larger scale.
1: That's right. Uh, We've been talking about some people that have been moving around and Mm -hmm. racing all over the country, and. this week, we basically follow Brendan Mullen and a few other people that join with him as well. The Grand Forks Young Gun and defending NOSA champion headed on down to Jackson on uh, Friday night to take on the Midwest Power Series 360 Sprint Cars. After an 8th place qualifying effort, Mullen started on the pole and finished 1st in heat race number 2. That was good enough to start 10th in the feature where he finished a solid run in the ninth position. Then we move on down to the Knoxville Raceway in Knoxville, Iowa. That was the next night on Saturday, May 21st. Mullen went on down there and he raced in both the 360 and the 410 sprint car classes. In the 360, Mullen qualified in 14th, running a 16.560. He was joined by Kennedy, Minnesota driver, Presley Truidson, as well as Fargo's Tim Estenson in the 410 sprint car division. Estenson qualified 19th with a 15.681, Truidson 25th with a 15 9, 17. this is a weekly of like racing event out there at, at knoxville so you know 25 cars in a sprint car race that's just a weekly series and not that's not traveling around or anything that's just what that's, they get for a weekly thing that's it, pretty cool and that's not last either <laughs> there were a few more after that i think they might have had 29 cars for just a weekly race wow um yeah. it might have even been more than that but uh off the top of my head i can't remember um so uh, Mullen was ended up in the twenty seventh position there as well with sixteen oh five eight in the three hundred and sixty heat race number two. Mullen started in second and ended up fifth. He then started and finished in sixteenth in the feature. In the 410 heat race number one, Estenson lost two spots and finished ninth. Trudson also lost two spots and finished eleventh. Mullen started ninth in heat race number or started and finished ninth in heat race number three. That put all drivers into the B main, where Estenson finished sixth, Trudson seventh, and Mullen in ninth. And unfortunately, only the top four advanced, so that meant all three drivers were done mm-hmm. in the four ten division. And Sunday, May twenty-second, down at the, H- the Husit Speedway, Mullen, along with other NOSA contenders, Dynamite, Mark Dobmeyer, and Jade Hastings, they ended up down there in Brandon, South Dakota, uh, on Sunday to cap off a very busy weekend of racing for our winged drivers. Mullen qualified in fourth with an eleven one two seven. Dobmeyer fifteenth with an eleven four oh six, and Hastings eighteenth with an eleven five eighty eight. Mullen then won heat race number one. Dobmeyer finished in fifth with Hastings in sixth and heat Three. Mullen ran towards the front, including a shot of the lead in traffic. He had plenty of good shots out there, and he looked very impressive with a a tough group of people to race against out there. And that went green to checkered. 25 laps were completed in just a little over five minutes. Wow. Which is very, very uh, fast paced. That's That's why the... The summary is so short (laughs) because it really didn't have much chance to write down a lot of notes. Sure, yeah, Um, they were going by fast. Wow. (laughs) Mullen finished an impressive fourth out there. Dobmeier climbed up six spots to finish in the eighth position, and Hastings finished in 17th. So that'll wrap it up there for the uh, the uh, sprint car drivers out there. We had our Midwest Truck Series drivers racing last week. Ty Wilkie, along with Ryan and Alex Brasseff they headed out to State Park Speedway in Wausau, Wisconsin, Saturday for the fourth leg of the Midwest Truck Series, where Ryan qualified in 16th with a 14.886. Alex ended up 18th with a 14.947. Wilkie had some mechanical issues and was forced to retire for the mm-hmm. night, unfortunately. Uh, Alex started 6th. They started in sixth and ended up in sixth in heat race number one. Ryan started in the pole heat race number three and one. The uh, feature wasn't kind of the Brasseth brothers, though, as Alex was involved in an incident and Ryan had steering issues ending both of their races early. Alex ending up in the 21st position and Ryan in 22nd. Mm, tough week. Yeah. Next week for the for the Midwest Truck Series, though, that'll be Monday, May 30th, Memorial Day special in the Dick Trickle Memorial at Golden Sand Speedway in Plover, Wisconsin.
0: Wow. Is that uh is that where he is from? You... Uh well he's originally from Wisconsin Falls, Wisconsin. Okay.
1: Um, but I mean he he that's where he won most of his races was traveling all over to those a lot of those tracks out in that area, like the old ASA Art Go days, uh where he was short track champion of the world basically, where he won uh, somewhere around twelve hundred races. <laughs> wow. Okay. The so, Close, closest I know of that has a shot at that is Shane Sabraski from Rice, Minnesota, who has 760-some-odd wins. Oh, wow. The number changes every time I see that he actually race, so <laughs> <laughs> that's tough to figure out. Yeah. So what's happening? What do we got coming up? Well, we got a lot of stuff coming up. And finally, we're getting some good weather out here uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, It would be Tuesday, May 24th. That'll be Red River Valley Speedway Test and Tune. All cars and classes welcome, as long as you're safe enough. That starts <laughs> at 6.30 and ends at about 9 tonight. Uh, Wednesday, May 25th, the Norman County Raceway Test and Tune. Again, all classes and cars welcome, 7 to 9. Forks Karting Speedway season opener is tomorrow in Grand Forks. And that is at 7 o'clock. The, then uh, we go to uh, some of our dirt tracks, finally move, start, starting to open up this year. I'm I'm, I'm finally ready for it. Uh, Thursday, May 26th will be the Norman County Raceway season opener with military appreciation night. They'll be racing Legends, Midwest Modifieds, Hobby Stocks, Sport Mods, Stock Cars, and Race Saver Sprint Cars. That'll be in Ada, Minnesota at 7 o'clock. KR Speed, KRA Speedway in Wilmer, they open up with their season opener. That'll be uh, Modifieds, Midwest Modifieds. Uh, st- uh mod 4s, super stocks street stocks and hornets that's a seven o'clock start time back in your neck of the woods tri-county speedway the home of the tunner Very and nice. the sauerkraut 500 that'll be a uh, hobby stocks legends midwest Modifieds, street stocks in wishick at seven thirty. get your burger yeah <laughs> the burger is worth it alone <laughs> and the racing is just even more fun Then we move on to Friday, May 27th. The Red River Valley Speedway will have Military Appreciation Night, their season opener as well, along with Ladies Night. Uh, Legends, Hobby Stocks, Sport Mods, Race Saver, Sprint Cars, Stock Cars will be racing at West Fargo at 7 o'clock. I-94 Sure Step Speedway will have the Stephis Street Stock Tour along with Limited Late Models, Short Trackers, Midwest Modifieds, the uh, before-mentioned street stocks, and Late Models will be there as well. Fergus Falls, that'll be at 7 o'clock. Uh, River City Speedway has their season opener finally. Street stocks, Midwest modifieds, late models, NOSA sprint cars. That'll be in Grand Forks at seven o'clock. And also, along with that, Dakota Speedway and the Mandan Dirt Series, hobby stocks, street stocks, legends, sport compacts, and modifieds in Mandan at seven o'clock. Brown County Speedway that they'll be racing uh, street stocks, super stocks, Midwest modifieds, modifieds, and late models in Aberdeen, South Dakota at seven. Then on Saturday, May 28th, the Jamestown Speedway season opener and Armed Forces night, along with the bombers, street stocks, slingshots, Midwest Modifieds, Legends Modifieds, that starts at 7 o'clock in Jamestown. Viking Speedway Memorial Day Doubleheader Night Number One and the Florian Sprinzel Street Stock Memorial, as well as the Stephis Street Stock Tour, stops at the Viking Speedway. Midwest Modified, Super Stocks, Short Trackers, Modifieds, and Street Stocks all on the card for that one. That'll be in Alexandria at 6. North Central Speedway, Super Stocks, Sport Mods, Mod 4s, Hobby Stocks, Sport Compacts, Stock Cars, Modifieds. That'll be in Brainerd at 6.45. Devil's Lake Speedway Season Opener. That'll be pure stocks, street stocks, Midwest modifieds, and the non-wing sprint cars, along with the the trophy class. That's basically a run run what you brung kind of thing. Really? Yeah. It's kind of meant... It's meant to get people in the cars that may, may or may not have even wanted to try. So sometimes people let their cars go out and race in that. Nice. I wouldn't do that. but <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'd probably drive
0: one, but I wouldn't give my own car to somebody else. Sure. So this is like you can bring anything out there and run it. Anything as long as it's safe. Um, anything as long as it's yeah, safe. Yeah, pretty
1: much it's just... If you got an old race car lying in the weeds, get it running mm-hmm. and have someone run it that may or may not have any racing experience and wow. let them go. Very cool. That'll be at Crary, North Dakota, the Devil's Lake Speedway. That'll be at 7 o'clock. Uh, the trophy class was actually pretty big uh, for a while in many of the tracks around the area, but uh, it, like, like some of the novelties, it just kind of wore off and not a lot of people were bringing their junker cars mm. out to race anymore, so... That kind of died off for a little bit. But who knows? Maybe they'll have a resurgence. Uh, Ogilvy Raceway uh, will have the Minnesota Modified Nationals night number one. That'll be Hornets, Superstocks, Mod 4s, Midwest Modifieds, and Modifieds in Ogilvy, Minnesota at 7 o'clock. Then we move on to Sunday. Grand Prix de Monaco starts at 8 a.m. The coverage starts at 8 a.m. for that one. That's one of the most historic nights in all of racing. Historic days together I mm-hmm. mean, you have the Monaco Grand Prix, you have the Indy 500, and you have the Coca-Cola 600. It's yeah. the it's three of the most prestigious races all in the same day. Is anybody doing the the uh, Indy and the Coca-Cola this year? Both? I don't. I don't think so. I know. You know, there's a. There are people that used to do the the Monaco uh, There's a lot of form, there's a couple formula 1 drivers I think Roman Roman Grosjean is racing in the Indy 500 this year. Okay. Um uh, but Jimmy Johnson's going to be racing in that, a yeah. former NASCAR champion, yep. a few times. Um so when's like the seven, last I think? <laughs> when's the last time somebody did a double? I want to say Kurt Busch was the last one to do the double. And I don't remember if he finished every lap or so, but it wasn't like the one year where I think Tony Stewart finished in the top five in both. Yeah, that was crazy. That was
0: incredible. Yeah. Was that like 20 years ago or something like that?
1: It has to be. Yeah, I think I was still in high school.
0: (laughs) So it might be over that. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah, so I mean uh, that, that was the last time I think Kurt Busch was the last one that I remember. Okay. Uh and of course the uh 106th Indianapolis 500 is coming up on Sunday May 29th as well. Scott Dixon broke the qualifying record speed with a four lap average speed of four or excuse me. 234.046 miles an hour. That's I cruising. haven't I have been Less than 100 miles an hour slower than that.
0: <laughs> That's
1: moving. <laughs> but not by much. Wow. <laughs> and That'll be his fifth pole run of his career at the Indy 500. Uh, coverage of that event starts at 11 a.m., uh, Viking Speedway Memorial Day Double Header will be uh, that night as well, with, along with the Steffa Street Stock Tour stop, uh, number two of the weekend. Midwest Modifieds, Modifieds, Super Stocks, Short Trackers, Street Stocks, and that starts in Alexandria again, but this time at 530 in the afternoon, uh, Bem- Bemidji Speedway, this is one of my favorite names for an event, the fifth <laughs> annual Chicken Shack Nationals, <laughs> <laughs> along with the Jack's Barbie Memorial Day Number 1 race out there. The uh, Northern Renegade Sprints will be in attendance. The Super Stocks, Pure Stocks, Mod 4s, Midwest Modifieds, Hornets, Mini Stocks, and Modifieds, and that starts in Bemidji at 4 o'clock. So you ha- will have your fill of racing. Wow. Yeah, pretty much anything other than uh, I've <laughs> maybe go-karts or, <laughs> or backwards racers or something like that, <laughs> skid plate racers. Which, no, bu- no buses yeah, racing. no there. buses racing. That's no. the only thing that they don't have, I think. Uh, then the 7th Annual Casino Speedway Memorial will be going on there as well. That will be down in Watertown, South Dakota with limited late models, Hornets, Street Stocks, Midwest Modifieds, Modifieds, and Late Models at 630. Uh, they used to have pork chop on a stick out there. Really, it was delicious. Was it Watertown? Yep, Watertown. Okay. Uh, I think they, I think they changed it to pork in a pocket. So it's like they <laughs> they cut up and you know fry up some uh, some pork chop and then they put it in a little tinfoil pouch. Oh, okay, sure. So you can carry it in your pocket for later if you need a snack or something. <laughs> like your tots. But I never <laughs> yeah, like tater tots. <laughs> But uh, I I don't really need to carry it around for a snack for later because usually I can finish them off all at once. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can eat a tonner, you can eat a pork in a pocket. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Ogilvy, Ogilvy Raceway, Midwest Minnesota Modified Nationals, night number 2 It'll be happening as well with Hornet Superstocks, Mod 4s, Midwest Modifieds. Modifieds that'll be in Ogilvy, Minnesota at 7. I've been out there a few times, and I've been entertained every time. Mm-hmm. I've been out at the Ogilvy Speedway. Um, then it'll be a Monday, May 30th. We move on to the Cheyenne Speedway Memorial day, plus late models. Uh, that's also going to be their season opener cause they've, been stuck with the great weather that we all have had Mm -hmm. Uh, they'll have late models hobby stocks legends street stocks midwest modifieds and mini stocks the always popular mini stocks out there it'll be a six o'clock start time there in lisbon north dakota madison speedway memorial day season opener with pure stocks limited late models hornets midwest modified street stocks super stocks and modifieds in madison minnesota the lutefus capital of the world (laughs) and that starts at six Bemidji Speedway will have their second day of the fifth annual Chicken Shack Nationals and Jack Sparby Memorial with the Northern Renegade Sprints, Super Stocks, Pure Stocks, Mod 4s, Midwest Modifieds, Hornets, Mini Stocks, and Modifieds, and that's starting at two o'clock
0: that is more racing than you can shake a stick at right there Corey.
1: you have your options yeah um wow cool. and we told you all about it and i didn't even get through all of them
0: <laughs> really there's, there's is a lot more of them but i figured that's close enough for our our listening audience sure yeah there's a lot of racing going on so that's exciting and uh i'm i'm hoping i'm hopeful for a nice weekend coming up uh so. I, i'm hoping that um Every race that I have
1: listed first is the one that I'm most likely to make it to. And sure. I'm hoping those are the ones that I get to go to. But if not, I have options too. So mm. I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. well, it's, uh, uh, it's It's been a, it was a weird winter and it's been a weird spring. And so it's nice to see that we're going to have some racing. Finally, a, f- a full schedule of racing. Uh, yeah, and I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping for the day uh, when we can,
1: when I'm doing this five days a week again. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe someday the weather can turn around good enough where we can start getting racing out at Weetown Outlaw Speedway again. Um, they unfortunately had to cancel last Sunday. Okay. Yeah, they got hit with a big rainstorm sure. for the last, Um, well, how long ago was 1993? <laughs> That's how long it's been underwater. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's been a long joke. I, so I run the Facebook page for the Weetown Outlaw Speedway, which has been defunct since 1993, as I said, because uh, what happened is they're in a low spot right next to Fish Lake up okay. by Fergus Falls, uh, right off of County Highway uh, number 1 out there, Ottertail County Highway 1. And um, what happened was the outlet for the lake got, had a beaver dam that blo- blocked it up, okay. and it started to backfill into that low spot right where the racetrack is. And unfortunately, it's never going to be able to race again. But, oh. but I run a run their Facebook page, and it's I try to come up with creative ways that we have to cancel every week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you get uh, uh, pontoon racing out there, maybe. It's honestly too shallow for that. Oh, really? <laughs> that's the
1: thing. Um, there, there are a few things that are still floating in there that they didn't get out in time. Like there's what we call the underwater truck
0: uh-huh. instead of
1: the water truck. It's and it, it, that's sitting out there. The that's front, still
0: it's still in there. It's huh? still
1: in there. Wow.
0: Um, this is by Fergus.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not far. Not far from Fergus Falls. Hmm. Um, and also not far from the also defunct Lenny's Dance Barn over on the Lost Lake area.
0: Okay, yeah, it was, ah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was a fun little area. I I missed that track a lot because it was something weird happened every night. Like I remember hearing stories about Rick Auckland winning in the eighties, and uh, as he's getting his trophy in the front stretch, deer started crossing the racetrack. <laughs> Because there was a slough in the infield, okay, and also a little bit off of the back straightaway because of that low spot that it was in, which mm-hmm. made it great. It made it easy to water the track. I mean, you had a constant source of water sure. out there, yeah. um, and you know there would be silly things like uh during uh, the migratory season um there'd be ducks in the in the infield slough, and when the cars would come by, they'd kick them up and they'd do a little race of their own and land back mm-hmm. in the in the water. Usually on the opening lap of a race when everybody went by at once, they okay. would do that. But then they would settle down and kind of sit in there. And there's other stories out there. Like I need to get a hold of Ron Krogh and, and talk with him because, you know, he grew up out there and he was, you know, one of the greatest announcers ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's seen some things out there where like these used to launch firework they used to light off fireworks for Fourth of July and it tipped over and shot into the crowd. <laughs> uh, stuff like that. you know <laughs> there there's there's a million stories about that. I know they had a delay out there one time. Ron Krogh told me this one um because they had a tame goose. Mm-hmm. Their family built the racetrack and lived just shortly a, a short distance away, okay, so they had this tame goose, but it it Decided to wander over onto the track, and they had to delay the start of the race because nobody could get the thing off because it was snapping at him and hissing. And you know they're all mean; that. they are. And yeah, so they had to delay the start of the race for wow. that. Yeah, there's there's a lot more stories that I need to get out of Ron Krogh, and I think we might have to start that as a as a segment. That, I might have to get a
0: hold of him. That's and hilarious. Get as many of those stories as possible. Yeah, document them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, well, we had. Uh, um, we got good racing coming up we had fun racing this weekend i wish ross chastain hadn't uh, just about dumped it on sunday but what do you do so um yeah that's that's it what what's uh, what are you looking forward to the most this weekend just getting to a racetrack that I work at and, you know, getting back home, you okay. know,
1: basically. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, I'm, I'm sitting at about 17, 18 races this year that I've made it to in person, and none of them have been at any of my home tracks yet. Oh, yeah. And just getting the home tracks opened up, it, it just gets a weight off of my shoulders a little bit, and then I can go go around and entertain people in, in the crowd and or make them mad, whatever. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can live comfortably on both sides of this, this uh, thing here. But, uh, yeah, getting to see all my friends, uh, all yeah. the people that I haven't seen in months, yeah. and uh, all the friendly faces of uh, this great big racing family we all have, and
0: that's what I'm, uh, what I'm most ready for. That sounds good. All right, well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Checkers & Wreckers Victory Lap. We'll catch you next time.